More than 20% of people in faith communities are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. But sadly, churches are often the last place a victim of abuse can find help and healing. I'm Kelly Downing, and my dream is a church where survivors like me and so many others can feel safe, be heard, and find healing. Until that happens, this is Survivor Sanctuary, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse who are navigating the road to healing and for anyone who wants to be a part of the major heart renovation the church needs so that our faith communities can truly become sanctuaries for survivors. Welcome to Survivor Sanctuary, another day, another episode. I am Kelly, and right off the bat, I just want to give you all of the trigger warnings for today's episode. We're going to be talking about, of course, sexual abuse as we do on the podcast, obviously, but we are actually going to be getting into a little bit of the detail of Josh Duggar's sentencing memorandum. And there are some details in there that I really just want to share um, because I think that some people maybe kind of look at this story and sort of sugarcoat a little bit what's going on. I know probably a lot of the people who listen to this podcast don't do that, but I just think it's important for the sake of truth to just be super open and honest about the actual details of this case. And I will try to be sensitive, of course, but just giving you that warning. I am going to be talking about some of the descriptions of child sexual abuse um, material, formerly known or more commonly known as child pornography. We don't call it that anymore because we know that that's not really an accurate term for it. It's child sex abuse material. And I will be describing a little bit of um, some of what Josh Duggar was viewing as we dive into today's episode, which is about the upcoming sentencing of Josh Duggar and his family rallying around him once again to support him as he is set to be sentenced very soon. So I guess as a quick recap, just in case you haven't been following this story in the news, I'm going to assume that most people have, you know, the Duggar family from 19 kids and counting. Um, Their oldest son, Josh, has been in trouble actually several times. And this is just the most recent indiscretion, if you will. And actually, that's a terrible word, especially since I want to talk today about some of Josh's enablers and people not really understanding the gravity of what he's done. So I'm going to I'm going to backtrack on that and and take that back. Rewind. Not an indiscretion. I mean, that's kind of what we would call it maybe in the media. But he's been in trouble before. It came out in about 2015, I believe, that Josh had sexually abused four of his sisters and one of their family friends, underage girls. And at first, it seemed like, oh, he just touched them over the shirt. Not a big deal. And they had him go for counseling with someone who was later found out to be viewing child sex abuse material and turned out to not be a great person. But even if he hadn't, you know, been found out to be someone who also had an interest, a sexual interest in children, he was not trained to counsel someone who had a sexual interest in children even if he had been a perfectly wonderful person. Um, So they really didn't get Josh help. And this story came out years later. The show actually ended up being canceled because um, the parents of Josh Duggar, Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar, had chosen to, I guess, try to protect Josh and be there for Josh and kind of just sweep what happened to the girls under the carpet. And in hopes, I believe, that Josh wouldn't go to jail, that you know, his name wouldn't be sullied in the public. But it turns out that 
Even with all his parents' help that they've tried to give him over the years, that has not kept Josh from doing really terrible things. Uh, The second time that he was involved in a big scandal was when the Ashley Madison website where people go when they want to cheat on their spouses. I guess it was hacked and a bunch of emails were revealed and it turned out that Josh Duggar had an Ashley Madison account where he had been soliciting married women and wanting to have affairs with them and cheat on his wife. So that was the second big scandal. And then the third, and the one we're talking about today, is when Josh Duggar was caught downloading child sex abuse materials. And he had done this from work, and he had done this on a computer where they had actually installed software to keep him from viewing pornography of any kind, much less child sex abuse materials on the internet. And he found a way to get around this system. He had to install hardware in the computer to do it. I'm not a techie. I'm sure I'm going to get some of the wording of this wrong. But suffice it to say, he worked very hard to still be able to download child sex abuse material and keep his wife and everyone else from finding out about it. Unfortunately, the feds found out about it. I mean, I should say fortunately. Unfortunately for Josh, but fortunately for the rest of the world, they found out about it, and he was arrested, and his trial has been going on for a little while now. And it's been hard to watch and follow some parts of this story, but I think that the hardest part for me has been just this undying support from Josh Duggar's family, specifically from his mom and dad, and from his wife. And I don't know why it surprises me. Maybe it's not even surprise. It's just disappointment. You know, you feel this big sense of disappointment when people continue to rally around somebody who keeps showing his character over and over and over again. And it's like they, the people who want to support him and love him and keep him from getting in trouble are people who are just choosing to not believe that his character is exactly what he keeps showing it as. And I think that that's kind of the focus of what I want to talk about today, because several days ago, it came out in the media, uh, all the people who had written letters of support to the judge on behalf of Josh Duggar, talking about what a wonderful person he was and how his character was just so impeccable and that his children need him. And, you know, please don't sentence him too harshly because he's such a man of God and he's such a good spiritual influence and blah, 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 blah. They're talking about in these letters to this judge, asking him to be lenient while sentencing this man for viewing very violent, very sexual images and videos of underage children. And we're talking about children under the age of 10. And I did not read the entire sentencing memorandum because honestly, I just, I don't have like the emotional energy and I'm not sure that I want to know a ton of the details, but I did appreciate that Eric Skorzynski of the Preacher Boys podcast actually did read the memorandum and was able to shed some light on the kind of content that Josh Duggar was downloading and viewing and the kind of content that he was downloading and viewing that his family is now writing letters to the judge asking him to be lenient for. And again, trigger warning, because this isn't pretty. But quite honestly, I'm tired of, I, I guess, sugarcoating things, watering things down, making them more palatable. Guess what? Childhood sexual abuse and child sex abuse materials are not pretty. They're not watered down. They're not sugarcoated in any way, shape or form. 
It's disgusting. It's despicable. And it's so harmful. Every time somebody downloads one of these images, a child is harmed. Every time somebody views and gets pleasure from viewing one of these images, a child is harmed. This is not a victimless crime. It's not. And in fact, one of the children that is in these videos and was actually depicted in some of the material that Josh Duggar had downloaded and viewed um, has come forward. You know, this is not a victimless crime, but this is the kind of stuff that Josh was viewing. Infants, again, trigger warning, infants hung from the ceiling burned with wax. Seven-year-olds being raped in dog cages. A seven-year-old covered in blood with a knife held to her vagina. And that's just a few of the descriptions that, again, Preacher Boys podcast posted on their Facebook page. And I just want to give them props for that because honestly, I didn't want to read the descriptions. But the reason that I think it's important to know the kind of things that Josh Duggar was viewing is this is not like, oh, I downloaded some pictures of cute little girls and was attracted to these sweet little girls because I can't help it. Like, that's bad enough, okay? But that's not what Josh Duggar was doing. He was downloading and viewing and getting sexual gratification from the rape and torture of little kids and like children as young as infants. And a while back, when prosecutors were describing the sadistic pictures and videos that he had downloaded and viewed. Um, When they were describing those, Anna Ducker, his wife, like fled the courtroom. She just decided to leave for that part. Um, You know, I'm just not going to be in here. I'm not going to listen to this. And, you know, if she had fled the courtroom and been like, okay, I can't, you know, continue to support my husband after he's done these horrible things, that would be one thing. But she fled so she didn't have to hear. She left the courtroom so she didn't have to hear some of the descriptions and worse um, that I just read to you. And knowing how horrible it was and knowing that she didn't even want it to enter her ears, she is still adamantly supporting her husband. She is still saying that her family needs him, that their children need him, asking the judge to be lenient because the kids need their father and to not make him go away for very long because he's such a good man. And I just, again, I said this a few minutes ago, but I'll say it again. I shouldn't be surprised. And I guess I still am surprised that I'm surprised about these things. Um, And I'm still surprised at how disappointed I am. Every time I read a story like this or see a story like this on the news or hear from a survivor who says, all these people wrote letters in support of the perpetrator. And like, we understand why people write letters of support. Like, we understand why it happens. We want the judge to be lenient when it's our loved one. We want the judge to go easy on the person that we care about. But honestly, it's extremely selfish, especially when it comes to childhood sexual abuse and child sex abuse materials and the kind of depravity that we're talking about here that Josh Duggar was getting pleasure, sexual pleasure and sexual gratification from viewing. And instead of trying to get help for Josh Duggar and trying to seriously say like, what is gonna stop him 
from doing this because obviously everything we've tried to put in place so far, every intervention that we've tried since Josh was a child and began doing this, nothing has worked. So what is going to work? And at this point, the only thing that may work is a 20-year sentence so that he's in prison and cannot have access to children or a 10-year sentence, again, so that he's in prison and doesn't have access to children. And I just find it heartbreaking that you never see that with people. And I love, 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 love watching Investigation Discovery um, and HLN and all those like documentaries about murders and stuff. It's horrible. Like <laughs> people are like, Kelly, it's so depressing. Why do you sit and watch that stuff? I just find the whole thing fascinating. I like documentaries. I like finding out who the bad guy is and seeing, you know, how a story unfolds. It just, it sucks me in every single time. And I've been watching some recently where parents of some of the perpetrators of these horrifying crimes are on these shows. And in a lot of cases, you'll see people be like, I just don't believe my child could do that or this or that. But there are quite a few. And I've watched quite a few recently where parents are just like, yeah, my kid needs to go to prison and never get out like ever, because it's for their protection. And it's the protection of anybody they'd ever come in contact with, you know, and parents willingly saying, I love my child, I gave birth to this child, or I, you know, helped create this child, and bring him into the world. But this child of mine, no matter how I feel about them, or, or love them, and the fact that they're, you know, related to me or share my DNA, they should never be out of prison. And I always just, I have a lot of respect for parents like that. Because it's like, even though this horrible thing has happened and, you know, they love their kid and fill in whatever emotion that you would be experiencing if you were in their shoes, even though they're feeling all of that and experiencing all of that, they're able to acknowledge that the only safe place for their child to be is in prison because that's the only way that they're going to be stopped. And I think that what's disappointing when it comes to sexual abuse cases is that we so rarely see that. We just so rarely see it. It's typically, oh, you know, this person says that my child sexually abused them. And a lot of time, just right out of the gate, and you see this, I think, with Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar and maybe even Anna Duggar. They don't believe or they say that they don't believe that Josh Duggar is guilty. They think that he was framed. Oh, he couldn't have done this. And no matter how much evidence is presented, they just refuse to acknowledge that, yes, he did do this. You know, they refuse to acknowledge it instead, believing what he says, which is, I didn't do this. I'm innocent. And I definitely didn't download any of this stuff, even though it's like <laughs> there's so much evidence. There's even like a screenshot shot that he took of the computer with the child sex abuse material on it and his reflection is in the photo on the screen like there's so much evidence that yes Josh Duggar did this but his family is still insisting he's innocent he didn't do this you know he's a wonderful person yada 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 and in addition to just not even believing that he did it at all and ignoring just the mounds and mounds of evidence they're insisting that he is a wonderful lovely person a righteous man who just really needs to be with his kids and he's such a great guy and he does so much for other people in several of the letters, it was brought up that Josh Duggar has been supporting a widow and I guess gives her money every single month. And 
that has been cited. Michelle Duggar, his mom, actually went as far as to say that Joshua has a tender heart and is compassionate toward others. Well, was he compassionate toward the infant that was hanging from a ceiling and that he was getting sexually gratified by watching as as wax, like melted wax was burning its skin. Like, is that really an example of a tender heart and, and compassion toward other people? Like, I don't understand how people can read and see what took place in this trial and then send letters like this begging for leniency. I just, again, I don't know why I'm surprised because it happens so often in cases of child sexual abuse, especially within the church. I mean, if you are a victim, if you're a survivor, if you've been through this, I know we have a lot of people listening right now who have similar stories of people asking uh, for leniency for their loved one, even if it's not in court, even if it's just in like a church office with the pastor when you come forward and they're like, oh, please be lenient with my husband. Like he, I'm sure he didn't mean to do anything wrong or please be lenient with my child. I'm sure he didn't mean it that way. And they're just blowing this out of proportion and blah, 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 blah. It's like we somehow managed to divorce a person's character from this heinous thing that they're doing. And it's not possible to do that. It's not. Because unlike your reputation, which is just what people think about you, you know, Josh Duggar may have, well, at this point, he doesn't have that great of a reputation, but like, you know, in his church community, Yeah, great reputation. What a solid guy. He does so much for people. And you see it in their letters. You know, he helps this widow and he gives money and he'll help anybody. And he's such a a great man, a great father, a great employer. He's yada, yada, yada. His pastor wrote a letter on his behalf as well, citing a lot of the same things. He actually said Josh Duggar is a deeply religious and God-fearing man. And you know what I want to say to that? A God-fearing man would not be able to view and download child sex abuse materials like Josh Duggar was viewing and downloading because that does not that does not represent a fear of God to me in any way shape or form like if you feared God i think that's the last thing that you would be doing the absolute last thing that you would do if you had any semblance of a fear of God in your brain rolling around and not only are people you know talking about what a great man he is but Everyone pretty much cited that his family needs him. His family needs him so much. His children need him in their lives. And I just, I'm thinking to myself, like the last thing that any child needs is for Josh Duggar to be in their lives because he is sexually attracted to children. He is sexually gratified by children being raped and violently sexually abused. There is no child on earth that needs Josh Duggar in their lives. And I'm 100% confident in saying that and believing wholeheartedly that it's the absolute truth. So I think one of the reasons that people get this wrong is that they tend to view the things somebody does and who somebody is as two completely separate things. And they're not completely separate things. I started by saying, you know, your reputation is is what people think of you as. Is It's kind of how people in society and your family and friends, it's how people view you. That's your reputation. And it has nothing to do with your character a lot of the time because your character is actually who you are. Your character is what you do when nobody's watching. That's the real you. And, you know, 
in our desperation for cheap grace and just forgiving people no matter what they do and oh God loves you anyway and you know whatever you've done it doesn't matter and, and how we throw all those platitudes around I think that we want to be quick to say like you're not what you've done and I'm pretty sure there's like songs and poems written with those exact lyrics like you're not what you've done and I kind of want to push back on that a little bit because yeah you kind of are your character is what you really are it's who you truly are it is the core of your being your moral fiber it's not how people perceive you because you give money to a widow It's who you actually are when people aren't watching you give money to a widow. And I don't care how much money you're giving to a widow or how many people you're, quote, helping. If at the end of the day, you are installing hardware on your computer so that you can get away with downloading violent child sex abuse material so that you can watch infants being raped. So... Before the next person kind of throws that out there, because it's happening a lot, like if you post something about Josh Duggar, you read the articles, people are like, oh, I guess you've never sinned before. And I guess you've never done anything terrible before and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, no, first of all, if Josh Duggar was truly repentant and he truly was sorry for what he had done and he truly wanted to change and to never harm anyone ever again, then do I believe he can be forgiven? Yes, I do. I'm not going to say that, you know, there's no way that he could ever be forgiven at all. But guess what? Josh Duggar has not asked for forgiveness. He has instead maintained, no matter the damning evidence against him, that's piling up and piling up and piling up that we've seen come out in this court case that, that the judge has seen, that everyone watching this trial has seen, despite all of the evidence, he is still maintaining that he's innocent, that he didn't do any of this. That's not repentance. That's not somebody who wants to change. That's not somebody who's safe around children. Because if somebody can't even admit that they've got a problem with sexualizing children, they are nowhere near, nowhere near the stage of healing and repentance where it would ever be okay for them to be within a mile of a kid. But what we tend to do and what Christians tend to do is put these blinders on to the truth of what someone has done and who someone is based on what they've done and what it says about their character. We, we tend to just put these blinders on where it's like, oh, this person is just, you know, he, he loves Jesus and he grew up in the church and his family are such wonderful Christian people and they dress so modestly and, you know, they don't say cuss words. So obviously he didn't do this or if he did, he just deserves a second chance and let's all just forgive him. We love a great forgiveness story. We love a great redemption story and And we want to skip all the in-between. You know, we just want to jump straight to the redemption. And you forget about that middle part between the perpetration of the crime and the redemption of your life, if there is any. Because we know that for a lot of predators, they don't want redemption. They want to sexualize children. It is what they crave. It is their appetite like ravenous wolves. That's what they want to fulfill no matter what it means for anybody else or even for their own souls. And we've heard predators say these kinds of things. That's how we know that this is even a mentality that they have. But we want to skip 
any chance at getting to redemption, and we just want to declare it to be so, because the in-between part is uncomfortable. It's the admitting uh, what you did, first of all, admitting that, yes, I am guilty of this crime. You know, there's so much evidence against me, and it's ridiculous that I keep saying I'm innocent. I did this. I've harmed children. I've harmed my family. I've harmed so many people, and I deserve to go to prison. You know, we forget about that little part of redemption, where if somebody is truly repentant, I don't think that they're shying away from the punishment for their crime. I just don't think that they are. If someone is truly sorry for what they've done, they're not fighting tooth and nail to keep from having to do the time for the crime that they committed. There's not redemption without being able to admit what you've done wrong. There's not redemption without being completely broken and repentant, um, broken over the horrifying things that you've done and the people that you've hurt. And we're not seeing that with Josh Duggar at all, but we're seeing instead people coming out and supporting him in droves and writing letters to the judge. If there's one thing that just bothers me more than anything in the world, it's people writing letters of support. And we see it in so many cases and high profile cases too, writing letters of support for a person who has perpetrated some of the most disgusting things that you've ever heard in your life. And that's what's happening with Josh Duggar. And I'm just willing to bet that, you know, there's a lot of cringing in heaven when people are asking for leniency in the name of God. When people are asking for leniency because they're saying, oh, Josh Duggar is such a good religious man and he just loves the Lord and he's such a spiritual leader. I'm sure there's a lot of cringing going on in heaven. Maybe something a lot more harsh than cringing. When people are begging that a person who is sexually gratified by watching infants get raped, when people are begging for that person to be let out into society as soon as possible. When it comes to sexual abuse, you cannot divorce what a person has done from who a person is at their core. Because unlike getting angry in traffic and yelling at somebody, you know, which can just happen in a moment of weakness. Um, unlike looking at someone and, and having a lustful thought, which is something that could happen in a moment of weakness. Unlike that, this is a premeditated crime. If Josh Duggar struggled with a sexual attraction to children, and that was something that was a deep, dark secret of his, none of us would ever know it. None of us know about these things until a perpetrator acts on them. And in order to act on the kind of lusts that Josh Duggar was experiencing before he downloaded that child sex abuse material, in order to act on it, it took so much work. It took so much work to be able to get around all of the fail-safes that were in place to keep him from watching porn. He had to lie. He had to manipulate. He had to work really, really, really hard. And I think that when people are writing these stupid letters to the judge supporting these stupid perpetrators who are just disgusting people, um, I think they need to think about that. Child sexual abuse and viewing child sex abuse materials is not something that just randomly happens in a moment of weakness. You're not like walking past a nursery and then thinking, oh, hey, you know, that three-year-old just looks super attractive and I can't help myself. Oops, I fell down and I've molested a child. That's not how it works. It is a crime and a sin that takes so much deceit and planning and obsessing and feeding that lust and that desire 
this is not something that just happens randomly. So when people try to divorce that from a person's character, they're just wrong, 100% wrong. Because your character is who you are when nobody's watching. And if you are actively trying to deceive and succeeding because he succeeded in deceiving his wife and he succeeded in in deceiving whoever was running the stupid program on his computer that was supposed to keep him from watching porn. Like he successfully dodged that thing. And that's not something that didn't take work and planning and obsessing and, and trying really hard. Like that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand. And really, it's because they don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about this. I just want to call it child porn and think, oh, he just downloaded a picture of a child and that was it. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. I read you the descriptions earlier of the things that Josh Duggar was downloading. And based on his history and how hard he was trying to do this and not get caught He's a danger to society. He's a danger to children. And he does not belong out in the free world. But in our little like Christian-y bubble where God is frolicking in a field of wildflowers saying, it's okay if you downloaded, you know, images and videos of an infant being raped. Like, that's okay. I love you anyway. Like, that's not how it works, people. But as long as we have that view of this grace at all costs and mercy at all costs and, and everything's just sunshine and rainbows and, and all you have to do is say you believe in Jesus and there are no consequences for your actions, as long as we believe that, um, as long as we treat child sexual abusers like that, the issue of child sexual abuse within the church is never changing. It's not changing until we can change that mindset because... When you find out that somebody has been sexually abusing children, that someone has been sexually gratified by children, that somebody has been living this double life, to think for a second that that isn't the person's true character is complete insanity to me. Your character is what you do when nobody's watching. It's who you are at your core. And if when you're alone and nobody's watching, you're downloading child sex abuse materials, you're getting off on the sexual torture of infants and small children, I'm sorry, that's who you are. That's who you are. And I would say that I'm praying for, you know, Anna Duggar and Michelle and Jim Bob Duggar to come to their senses and understand that Josh needs help. He's needed help for years and and he needs serious, serious help. And even with help, he may not get better because a lot of times people who sexually abuse children and sexualize children don't get better. I, but I don't hold out hope for that. I mean, I could say, let's all pray for that to happen. But honestly, I just, I watch, you know, news stories like this and I see what unfolds and it just is, it's just so disappointing. And I know that we shouldn't be surprised anymore when this stuff happens, but my goodness, as long as this is what we can expect from people in the church and people who profess to love Jesus and serve God, as long as this is what we're getting, uh, children are never going to be safe in the church. They're just not going to be, and they're definitely not going to be safe anywhere where Josh Duggar is a free person. And that's what I've got for you on this episode of Survivor Sanctuary. Of course, I'd love to hear you weigh in and hear your thoughts. I always love to hear what you guys have to say about the podcast and the topics that we discuss on the podcast. And you can do that 
on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And you can look it up, Survivor Sanctuary Podcast on Facebook. And if you're not a member, you can request to join. You'll have to answer a little multiple choice question. I'll add you to the group and you can be a part of the conversation there. I'll catch you back here next time on another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. Thanks for listening to Survivor Sanctuary with me, Kelly Downing. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Not only will it put a big smile on my face, more importantly, your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to Survivor Sanctuary wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also join the conversation in our Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And for exclusive content, be sure to visit SurvivorSanctuary.com. Join me next time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then.